Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. On this episode of DC On Screen, we're going to have some Aquaman updates. We tear apart some clickbait about lost momentum. Talk a little bit of Birds of Prey news and tattoos for Harley Quinn. We're going to talk about that Bunker Hill stinger a little bit in the Badass Elseworlds trailer right after this. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe. But a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 519. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Well, we're on the road, man. We're on the road to uh, to Atlantis. It's happening. Yeah. Ten days from now. Yeah, that is pretty great. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm more excited about Atlantis or Elseworlds right now, but it's going to be a good week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I expect 14 days from now to be looking back going, oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, I hope so. That's what they're leading me to believe at the moment. So it's well, look, my, you know, my Elseworlds, expectation. Elseworlds is looking really cool. It is. Um, Aquaman is looking really cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Titans is like the best DC show that's ever happened. Yeah, Titans is still doing fantastic. So, so yeah. I, and it should be wrapping up this month, right? Or is that January? I can find you an exact date real quick. If you like. <laughs> I just can't believe we live in this world. Yeah, actually seeing okay. a... Uh, and and hey, you know, not to yeah. get too off topic here, too off brand, but you guys know how I don't... Uh, I don't really care for the DC-Marvel rivalry. That Captain Marvel trailer looks dope. I haven't gotten to see the second one yet. I kind of forgot. <laughs> Honestly, I got I got <laughs> hashtag do that. I got busy the last couple of days and I just kind of forgot. Uh-huh. Like I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. It was Tuesday night. It dropped right. No, uh, yeah, something, Mo- yeah, yeah, Monday, something like that. Was it Tuesday? Night? No, it was Monday. Monday. It was Monday. No, yeah, it was Monday. No, Sun Sunday. No, yes, it was no, Monday. No, it was Monday. yes, yes, it was no. Monday. Yes, no, yes. People are actively stopping the show. Yeah. Futurama callback for, for anybody. But uh, Titans has, uh, yeah, 12-7, is going to be their next air dates. All right. So it ends right before Christmas. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Oh, what a wonderful present. A little Christmas teaser. Not an ending. I just, oh my gosh, such a good show. I mean, season two is already green light. So, I mean, it, not just we're thinking about it. I mean, they're, they're going to do season two. There's, there's no doubt. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whatever happens, no matter how... Um, how much you want to see the next episode, please remember you will. Yeah, and you know what? I, I It's weird because like, I don't want Titans to end, except I want it to end just because I want it, I want Doom Patrol. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get Young Justice Season 3. Dropping soon. Like, really, really soon. Like, really soon. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Just... Damn, it's, it's good time. <laughs> good and it's going to be one of those things where we turn around and there's going to be like, oh man, Swamp Thing's here now. Mm-hmm. And the DC fandom hasn't like hasn't really learned anything because there were some set pictures of uh, Crystal Reed as Abby Arcade, and she had the um she had, she just had her normal hair, and people were like, "Her hair's supposed to be blonde." I'm like, "Ah, oh. did we learn nothing from Anna Dea?" <laughs> all right, all right. In all fairness anyway. to them, sorry, Dave. Uh huh. There's still a part of you that's annoyed that Gagoda doesn't have black hair. I haven't even thought about her not having black hair. I do think about her not having eyes? blue eyes. It was the eyes. Okay, it was the eyes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
But, you know, I mean, a little, it bothers me a little bit that, that Dick Grayson doesn't have black hair. But you know what? The show is damn good. And we do operate in a multiverse. So. <laughs> and you'll move on. So I, will, I have moved on. I'm good. Um, you know, I there is a part of me legitimately, I feel like, that is a little... That, that feels like representation matters enough that I'm a little annoyed that uh, Nightwing is, doesn't seem to be Romani at all. Because oh, it bothers me that like Romani Romani people in TV are always just like evil gypsies and shit. Yeah, but and I'm like, always... can we have a hero? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's what he was in the books. I don't understand. Yeah, fair enough. It's a good show. It's a good show. Like I like the I'm show uh, Shut Eye. Does not do it any favors. The what? There, there's a uh, Hulu show called Shut Eye with um, uh, oh, Jeffrey yeah. Donovan. I want to say his name is. Uh-huh. Burn notice. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's got a second season that I have not gotten around to. I'm kind of hoping to get to this Christmas or like over the Christmas break of of shows. But uh, I enjoy it. It's not doing what you're talking about any favors in certain ways. Well, yeah, <sighs> that's, fair enough that's though. Fortunate, yeah. not a well represented group of people. I agree. Yeah, but anyway, let's get to some movie news, and we'll Shoot. get back to some Titans and stuff. Yep. Um, quickly. Back to the Marvel DC rivalry, though. Shazam director David Sandberg posted on Instagram, and I just loved this. Um, he posted on Instagram a picture of a comic book. It was like Superman and Spider Man, and uh, they were they were there was Doctor Doom and and Parasite, and um, it was a Swedish comic from 1987. And he writes, this was one of my favorite comic books I owned as a kid. Back then, I didn't know what Marvel or DC was. I just knew that I loved all of these superheroes. The seriousness of the DC-Marvel rivalry is so damn stupid. I hope that all superhero movies do fantastically well. Why would you ever wish for a movie to be bad or to fail? More good movies is a win for everyone. This interruption in trolling is brought to you by Disappointment in Humanity. Now back to our regular programming. (laughs) The man speaks the truth. It's yeah, also a guy you know, who understands the business model within which he works. It's well, yeah. just the, the more people that are mad about another thing, the less people are going to be interested in your thing. It's it's it it doesn't work. I do think that there are valid reasons to root for a movie to fail. You're thinking about Venom. Ver- I'm thinking about Venom. Yeah, I'm thinking about Morbius. And I, I, you know, it's not that I want the movies to really be bad for real. Like if Sony was doing a good job and was like really like linked in with Marvel the correct way and but you know they traditionally make mediocre movies you're just worried about like as a business Sony has traditionally failed you yes and uh, you think Spider-Man is best served in the current Marvel universe rather than that IP being dragged back for film purposes into Mm -hmm. the Sony universe and getting ruined right right but you know I hear wonderful things about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and um, they're gonna get my money yeah, we have to check that out. I have to check out Venom yeah. at some point. I haven't had time, mm-hmm. and I also kind of understand why uh, uh, if <laughs> you'd almost boycott the the ticket sales. But there's no point in that. It it sold a shit ton of tickets. So oh yeah, it's like something like 850 worldwide or something now. Yeah, it, it's, no, it did it's fine. Happening. Yeah, it did fine. They're they're gonna do a sequel. Like they've got creative issues. They knew they had creative issues. Um, Tom Hardy is pissed. He didn't like the cut. <laughs> he he said like every uh, I can't remember what he said like ninety percent or something of of the scenes or maybe even a hundred percent of the scenes that made him sign on were not even in the movie. Oh, <laughs> that's rough. And Tom Hardy uh, does have enough pull, and that franchise will depend on him in a way that he can mm-hmm. he can actually maybe guide that thing the next time it starts filming. The rough thing about Venom though is like. There are people, there are like other people I trust, people who have podcasts, uh, and they, they're split, you know, like just, you know, it, it goes further than this, but just for, as, as an example, Ray and Brent over on uh, Fans Without Borders, mm-hmm. like, uh, Brent didn't care for it, Ray thought it was all right, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I trust both of you, damn it. <laughs> I'm already going with this. Uh, I'll just go with my instincts and not see it. Sony has their own BVS now. Yeah, but I don't think they care like Warner Brothers does about critical reception. <laughs> They're like, whatever, people liked it. Yeah. 
We're gonna make Morbius now. There we have Venom we have too. the numbers. It's fine. We're gonna be we're gonna be good. <laughs> They're like nerds to you, critics. Mm-hmm. We made all of uh, our money and then some. Um, we're gonna take the Joker and make him a vampire now. Thank you very much for playing. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Aquaman. This new international trailer, the Chinese trailer. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! This has got yeah. some new footage and it looks amazing. Looks sweet. I don't even know what I'm looking at. An Aquaman. Do you movie. know what you're looking at? I mean, I'm seeing it's Aquaman. And I understand. I'm seeing like hordes of creatures that I've never, I could never imagine because I don't have an imagination, Jason. <laughs> I know what's in front of me. That's it. I, I, I don't know what's in front of me. Not I'm a lot of questions past like, that. Well, that looks really cool, but I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. The uh, underwater uh, fights. Just, oh, man. A lot of fun with the under, underwater fight. That looks like it's going to be a great scene. Uh, probably mid movie, my guess. And, uh, there's there's a, the ocean uprising of animal or uh, fish life or mammal life or yeah I guess it have to be fish and mammal, but the ocean uprising looks like maybe late movie, but they both look uh, to quote I'm sure some philosopher dope as hell. <laughs> um, man, it just looks like a lot of fun though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. almost didn't like. I almost thought like ah, I'm not gonna watch the international trailer. And then everyone was like, oh, man, you got to see this thing. So I was okay. Everyone on the internet's losing their shit over the Chinese trailer. All right. That doesn't usually happen. Yeah. I was glad I did. I haven't been watching the TV spots, though. I I haven't stopped to catch really any of those, but I have stopped and watched well, have the trailer have a several times. I have to have a line where I'm just like, nope, I'm not getting spoiled anymore. You're not going to show me full scenes of, you know, because I saw a little thing. It was like, you know, oh, hold confrontational scene between Mira and Arthur. I'm like, I'm not, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to know what she's talking to him about. I mean, I know the pretty much the plot of the movie. By the way, in this trailer, like, I, dude, I love the bit where he's, like, chained by the neck. Like, that oh, was yeah. cool. I was like, yeah. oh, man. What, I'm here to what? stop a, mad, a maniac what? or something. A madman yeah. or something. Uh, just, I don't know. I'm so excited I, about this. I, I didn't think I was that going was to right be. before he, he fought or right after. I don't know. Maybe. It looked like the same know. arena it was maybe involved in. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it looked fantastic. Yeah, it it, it does. I And I, I just can't stress this enough. I wasn't that excited about Aquaman. Like, I was like, okay, well, that might be cool. And the more I've seen, the more I've just been like, damn it, this looks so good. See, this is the way you want it to happen, though. Like, all right, uh, for instance, David Sandberg has done a great job of controlling his social media. Yes. The social media for but Shazam is... He has is, made me hyped for Shazam the entire time. Just I know. Like from he, his sense of humor, I was like, yep, I'm on board with this dude. Yeah, but you, you liked him. You liked the tone that he used when he was u- uh, talking about his his movie, his product. And mm-hmm. just reading him, you get a sense that he really is in control of this product. And then when you saw the trailer, it looked like it was backing that. It looked like, mm-hmm. yeah, that feels like the guy that I've been I've been seeing his Instagram posts. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's using social media in a way that I, I think a lot of people should take his textbook and, and reproduce later. But yeah. Aquaman hit you in a different way. Because like when you watched the first Shazam trailer the first time, and a few times afterwards, you weren't completely convinced, and it kind of grew on you. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, there, was, there wasn't really a social media presence that sold you on Aquaman. It, it worked more traditionally. You saw the first trailer and went, oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, yeah. And then as you've like seen the, a little bit more, it's actually growing on you even more. Like, they, they're using traditional methods and doing it well. I feel like it's, like, one of those, like, you know how, like, the ice skaters, like, when they're when they're about to come out, like, the judges will be like, yeah, we've heard about what they're planning on doing, and it's a difficult maneuver to pull off. Right. You know? And if they actually stick the landing and everything, it's just like, oh, yes! Oh, crowd erupts. Oh, Lord. You know? But like, just, just like everyone is before that moment, everyone is just sitting there going, "This is gonna be rough." Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's watching, going, "I think, I think she's gonna die." Oh, <laughs> she didn't die. She's a swan. <laughs> well, I think, I think, uh, you know, Jason Momoa says uh, that being Aquaman is absolutely no pain compared to what pain really is. That's fair. So absolutely, I'll be going through it again, which means he will be coming back for a sequel. They haven't announced a sequel, but um, I, I mean, I'm I believe that ahead. line coming from him though, like a guy that looks oh, like yeah. him trains like that guy knows pain. And the projections say that's going to be like a hundred million dollar opening weekend here, 
Um, the China box office is projected to make $60 million on the three-day opening weekend, um, which is higher than any other DC films. Um, and that's what they've done in advanced ticket sales. So I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> it looks good. The numbers still have to come. The, the money has to actually come in. Mm-hmm. And it's already kind of coming in. They Hell, they've mostly made up their budget so far. But Do you remember what the budget was? No. I assume around two. You know, I don't, I don't know, but I'll, I'll look at it real quick and, and see. Um, I can't remember these things. Oh, 160 million. That's even less than I thought. All right, dude, there, there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Those are Deadpool numbers, y'all. There's, that's not, that's not, that's not Deadpool numbers. <laughs> no, I think Deadpool was what 50 million. They yeah. shot Deadpool for a budget of approximately 16 and a half dollars. Right. And they made approximately $2 billion. There was a literal shoestring in that budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Someone pulled everything out a- of their pocket and said, I have a shoestring and $16.55. What can you do? Oh, wait, wait. I got one more thing. Used condom. There you go. Used condom. Can you make that work? I can. Ryan Reynolds says, I sure, I sure can. How are you going to use that? Have you ever used gum to hold something in place? Oh, gotcha. Don't you worry. That may have gone a little too far. Don't worry, you're pretty head. I've got this. <laughs> fly, fly away, executives. Fly, fly away. <laughs> so, Aquaman, uh, Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. It's already working. It's already working. See? See? The Hollywood yeah, magic? I do. Again, I like I like the new formula where there's the, the hype, and I just like that they've used the old one, and it's still working for this one. It, that gives me hope. Yeah. So, uh, he was, like, Jason Momoa was in a recent interview, and... Um, they asked about when Aquaman takes place in relation to Justice League. Naturally. And his response is very telling. Mainly that I, I feel like we, we have a pretty good idea of uh, which cut of Justice League Jason Momoa considers canon. Yeah. <laughs> he just says, in Zack's cut, we had it where I was with Volko and Mira, and I say that I have to go home. And they say there's a force coming, and that I need to help. And I'm like, I'm going home to see my dad. And so I get in the back of a pickup truck, pound a bottle of something, and off he goes. The Wanderer, you know what I mean? So that so that was kind of like the end of Justice League, where I was going. And then we cut to me coming home and run into a submarine and, uh, submarine and bango. Then, go get, <laughs> then we go see Pops, and I think he's just going to get rooted again. And uh, I think he's been gone for so long, it's just him trying to kind of come back to his roots. I just think it's really interesting that... He doesn't even like, he's not even going to talk about the theatrical cut. He's just like, he's very adamantly going, well, in Zach's cut. And that's where it picks up. Like, yeah. Okay. Also, I, I hear, like, hearing Mo describe the cut that he he's imagining, it sounds like he was like, yeah, there was some responsibility. I was like, I was, I was like, peace out. I got to deal with some stuff. And then somebody handed me a bottle. And I was like, yahoo. And then there was like somebody in my backyard doing some shit. And I was like, fuck that. And then yeah. I had to go do with my pops because that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, except he's not imagining this. This was shot. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> shot just enough to just enough to fuck with everybody. I think it was fully shot, but okay. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they asked James Wan. We've talked about it a little bit before, but I liked this response. So I um, thought it gave a little more, uh, shined a little more light on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, James Wan was asked about how he handled the underwater, underwater talking. And he says, going into this film very early on, people kept asking me, like, how are you going to do the underwater talking? How are you going to do this and that? And then it just occurred to me that it felt like people were overthinking it. I'm like, I'm just going to have them talk to one another. Just talk <laughs> like how you would talk. I imagine Atlanteans down there would talk in the same way that you and I talk on the surface in air world, right? Then having said that, I know that I wanted to give it somewhat of a water, uh, somewhat of a water acoustic treatment to it, and so we spent like throughout the entire post production process designing the sound of it. And very early on, we were we kind of played with the voice and futzed with the voice. Uh, there were times that we kind of went too far, and I was actually hard to under and it was actually hard to understand uh, what they were saying, and we had to keep kind of pulling it back and pulling it back until we found that sweet spot. No. I, I, I've seen a couple of bits of them talking. I think they may have pulled it back a little too much, but I'm willing to accept it. And, you know, there was a part of me, there's a fan part of me, like a, like a just, just disgusting fan part of me. Uh, that's like, 
just beside myself a little bit in the back of my head that it's not like as it wasn't as described in in Mark Wade's JLA year one. How'd that go? Where he just has it basically Aquaman pops up and comes into a little bar and is mumbling and they no one can understand him or hear him because you know is louder underwater and then like they they can't understand his accent because he talks differently like i just always wondered what that would really sound like on screen and i don't know how they would really pull it off though yeah so i can't be mad two hours it's i can't be mad it's like these people who were like they didn't speak shakespearean enough in the thor movies oh you would have been so pissed (laughs) if they did oh the dialogue is so wooden and tortured pucker up buttercup it would have been a problem it it was like in those it was nice that he was the one that kind of sounded like that and everybody else didn't mm-hmm so yeah I, I I think it'll be fine I don't know how else they're gonna do it or how else they would do it uh he was also it asked might um, make sense historically though that, like mm-hmm. when he has talked underwater it's been in like that 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 you know that bubble thing mm-hmm and it that's not a thing you can sustain and like James Wan talked about talked about it God like a couple of years ago it feels like that he wasn't going to use the bubble thing. Yeah. Um, it, that wasn't going to be part of his process. And yeah, it, it, I do get it. Like, it makes sense that he, that they would just talk normally underwater in the way that like they move normally underwater. And then that's why Aquaman is so powerful is when he gets above water, he's, he's like a guy who's been resting with 5 million pounds of water pressure on his shoulders the whole time. So when he gets above the, above water and he can lift a building. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It tracks with the character. Yeah. Uh, now this was an interesting idea, and the internet kind of blew up over it and uh, caused a reaction, a response. But um, James Wan was asked a rhetorical question about directing another superhero movie. James said, In the past, like most people, I loved the idea of directing Batman, but a horror version of Batman. That would be a potential fantasy of mine, but I feel like he's been done quite a bit, uh, quite a fair bit. But I do love the idea of doing an outright scary Batman. I feel like that'd be really cool. And the internet kind of blew up, and someone responded, said something to him on Twitter about his the movie, the Batman movie he wants to do, and he responded, "No, I don't. It was a hypothetical answer to a hypothetical question. Thank you. <laughs> Let's not start all this usurping Matt Reeves shit." Yeah. Also, like you remember the uh, Brave and the Bold episode where they made Batman the antagonist? Yeah, I was thinking about that just today. It, I mean, he's not wrong. That would be a fun take. It would be make Batman the asshole. <laughs> and the criminals are all like the camp counselors who are getting picked off one by one right yeah we just wanted to have sex in the janitor's room whatever i just Bench. wanted to see if i could scare this kid enough that he killed himself and he just came in and ruined my entire experiment i spent years working on this yeah you be all right <laughs> over to birds of prey uh Again, internet flipped out over this. Margot Robbie said on The Tonight Show, um, she was answering a question about whether or not the title is real. She's saying, yeah, that's the title. And then she says, it's not going to be, it's not a very serious movie. Birds of Prey makes it sound very serious. <laughs> and then that, <laughs> that subtitle, like Harley's kind of just going, hey, here I am. She also says, I love a long title. I said that uh, when we were trying to come up with the title, did you ever see the hundred see the hundred year old man who climbed out of the window and disappeared? It's a long title, but I love it. But everyone's flipping out over this. It's not a serious movie thing. Because, you know, there's a, there is a segment of the DCEU fandom who believes that a funny movie is a bad movie. There is, yeah. A Harley Quinn-led movie, if you're looking for serious probably not gonna find it honest honestly i hope not like i harley quinn is is by definition like right it harley quinn like like she's she's a jokester don't oh no but she should be like ledger's joker and it's not really a funny kind of joke it's like a sick joke like shoving a pencil in a dude's eyes everything's got to be grim dark and dude lots of different characters in this canon and you watch Suicide Squad and didn't see that that she was able to have a little bit of fun with that mm-hmm. character. Uh, I don't I don't know what to tell you. You're watching the wrong well, set of know, movies. And the animated series is really going to piss you off. Apparently, it pisses me off that this is something that the DC detractors say. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, DC is always so dark and gritty. 
it, you know, is something that the DCEU or the DC fans a lot of times say. That's just, it's just as inaccurate when they say it. Like, no, DC's supposed to be dark and gritty and serious. This is a serious thing. Dude, there are tons of different iterations of all of these characters. There are, like, there, are, the tone is different for all of these characters. Like, Superman has a different tone than Batman. Ambush Bug has a different tone than Batman. Yeah. Hell, sometimes Batman has a different tone than Batman. Easily. Like, the early <laughs> stuff, the middle stuff, and the now stuff are entirely different beasts. Yeah. I, I, just, just, Superman it's, used to have a little guy that would fly out of his hand and be a little tiny Superman. Yeah, he had a little, little Superman that flew out of his hand. Tiny, tiny Superman. Super ventriloquism was a thing for a while. Didn't show up very often. Well, I mean, these are like, you know, powers of the week. Like, oh, he discovered he had this. Very much so. That's awesome. But the, the point is that, like, the characters were, were malleable for a long time. And then it, as as it became less character of the week, and writers writing it for a few weeks, just, you know, chain smoking cigarettes and trying to put out the content they had to in the time in the time they had to things did change it's a little fine a little bit and the 80s were different and frank miller changed everything and there's all kinds of crap that happened but yeah but it's still it's a long history there's no this is the only version there is no this is the only version like that's that's the one thing you can put in the bank and cash it there is no one version and if there is a one version for you well you know cling to that version and stop freaking out about everything yeah Saying they're ruining it. Well, here's the hopeful maybe part. Maybe they're ruining it for you. Here's the hopeful part. There are so many versions now, and these characters are are kind of they're money cows. These characters aren't going to die. Like it's not like Zack Snyder was going to be able to kill it so hard that you were never going to be able to watch it again. It didn't matter what happened. Mm-hmm. Like Batman and Superman were going to show up 10, 15 years later, no matter what. You live long enough, you'll see your version. Just give it time. <laughs> it's just there are too many possible. I think some of these Avenues, people. Yeah. That, that's, I, I think it's some of these people. It's not true, man. I think some of these people will never be happy. Honestly, they'll never just cling to anything. They've got an idea in their head. They look at it with rose-tinted glasses. They remember it like it was the most perfect thing in the world. I, I love Batman the animated series. It's my favorite version of the character. But there are some problems in that continuity. There are. But honestly, extreme version. Aquaman's coming out right now. Jason Momoa's version. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, 30 years ago, you had Aquaman, and this is a meme that's a lot of fun right now, Aquaman flying around on fish on, like, a leash, like like, like he was holding reindeer uh-huh. in the Super Best <laughs> Uh-huh. If 30 years from now I told you, like, hey, we're about to go see a movie and he's going to be flying around on fish feet, mm-hmm. it's not impossible. It's really not. Like, if that's your version, uh-huh. just, just hang in there. Do, I'm s- not sure do I some like cardio, the- adjust your diet, and wait. I'm not sure I like flying. I'm not sure I like that verb. I like, he wasn't really flying. He was underwater. He's kind of scooting across. It looks like he was skiing. Oh, yeah, he, he did ski. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll say that. He was. He, he did ski on, on, <laughs> on fish or dolphins. He surfaced <laughs> from time to time. I'm just saying, <laughs> hang in there long enough, eat well, live healthy, you'll see your version. Maybe. I'm not doing any of that. I enjoy the versions that happen now, so I'm just eating however the hell I feel like, apparently. Yeah. And I forgot to exercise. Uh, better luck to any of you <laughs> so anyway this is pretty cool uh, Birds of Prey is adding the uh, production designer K.K. Barrett uh, who's done uh, Her Where the Wild Things Are Being John Malkovich uh, Marie Antoinette Lost in Translation uh, that's a good eye for production design and uh, I'm excited that Birds of Prey is going to be uh, going to have that hand mm-hmm. or going to have that eye I should say uh, Margot Robbie was talking about how she would love to see Poison Ivy in the DCEU. She said, if you read the comics, you know that Poison Ivy and Harley have an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. In some comics, they convey it as a friendship. In other comics, you can see that they're actually sexually involved as a couple. I've been trying to, and then she cuts herself off. It says, I would love to have Poison Ivy thrown into the universe because the Harley and Poison Ivy relationship is one of my favorite aspects of the comics. So I'm looking to explore that on screen. Yes, please. I love Harley and Harley and Ivy together. Like, yeah, that's one of those great team ups. Even if you don't, I mean, it, you know, I'm not sitting around like going like, "Oh man, they've got to be together." They don't have to be like sexually together. It doesn't matter to me. Like, it was. It definitely seemed to be the implication in the Paul Dini episode and BTAS. Oh yeah, but you can see that. And and most of the comics where they've talked about their relationship afterwards, you can kind of that's where they went with it. They remind mm-hmm. me of like the Odd Couple, who were who are also actually in a sexual relationship. 
and they've always <laughs> cracked me the hell up. The odd couple? Yeah. I don't remember them being in a sexual relationship. No, they're not. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, they odd couple uh. plus sexual relationship. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. I was about to say, like, I don't I don't think Tony and Randall could have handled <laughs> I don't either. all of that. I'm not even sure they he ever implied much too that. tidy. I watched a lot of those episodes. <laughs> and I don't remember that even being implied. But it yeah, has, well, it's it, much too tidy. I don't think he could handle it. I, I don't. Yeah, I think I think he would have quit the show probably. To be honest, but <laughs> no, I just mean the characters. Oh, the actual like, no. One was really messy and one was really tidy. I don't think they could have handled each other. Like they would have been disgusted with each other. Like, can we get this over with? Why are you folding socks? Because I just took them off. I'll put them back on later. <laughs> just a matter of time. <laughs> Damn it! That's that's where they should have went with that new odd couple. They should have made them gay, but actually, like, kept their, like, base character there. <laughs> their little, like, foibles, you know? Didn't they? No, they didn't do that with, uh... I was gonna say they did that with, uh... Oh, God, Will and Grace, but that really wasn't it. They were both kind of straight and, like, neat and tidy in a sense, and not actually involved. Eh, different concepts Well, Will and entirely. Grace weren't involved. Grace was kind of... It was sort of an odd couple, because she was messy and scatterbrained, and he was very neat. And he he was gay, she was straight. Yeah, I was thinking about him and uh, what was his name, Jack. Oh well, they were they were never together. I know they were both gay. But well, that's my point. Yeah. They were never actually together, so it doesn't actually work. But they were both yeah. kind of neatish. I don't know. They do have a little bit of it. Like the odd couple relationship is always uh, like this. I want to keep things organized, OCD ish tendency versus the like carefree lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Point all being, I like the Ivy Harley version of that. It's what they've always felt like to me, and I do like it. And they always felt like a couple mm-hmm. that, that actually worked for me. So, yeah, I could dig it. By the way, how you manage to screw up the odd couple with both Matthew Perry and Thomas Lennon is just it, that it that is beyond understanding. It, it, what the hell? It does feel like if you literally let them on the set, put things behind them, you don't even need writers, <laughs> and just <laughs> began to film and said the red light is on. Do what you do, mm-hmm. and then just cut it properly. I, th- I feel like that would have worked better. Yeah, it seems right. Yeah. So there is a a report from Revenge of the Fans that there is a possibility that Harley Quinn might not be sporting her uh, Suicide Squad tats in in Birds of Prey, as in it might be a prequel. No, or she might just have them removed. I think she may have had them removed because if, if there, it's the emancipation of Harley Quinn, the oh. fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, and those a lot of those uh, tats were like you know they were very I heart pudding and shit. They were so, very jokery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming she's had them lasered off, but uh, yeah. The, the the report says that there are several mock-ups of Harley without her tats floating around at Warner Brothers and DC offices. The film begins production next month. Isn't that crazy? I can get behind that. The one thing I'm sure about is she's going to have better shoes. Yeah. She was not happy about those shoes. No, she wasn't. She picked them out, but she wasn't happy with her, mm-hmm. her choice. Um, Look, we've all done it. We've all done it. Well, look, this gives me hope, though. This means that, you know, Leto could have damaged Maybe removed from his removed. forehead. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. All right, uh, so speaking of Joker, but not that Joker, uh, the Joker has wrapped production in New York. They said it was going to be about a, a three-month uh, production time, and it's been nearly three months. They uh, There are like pictures of Joaquin Phoenix as Joker on the on these steps uh, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there, he's also, it's like, just like, he's, ta- he's posing for still photos as Joker and then also as Arthur Fleck. Uh, with Zazzy Beats, and um, I don't know what that deal is. It might just be you know promo photos. Who knows? But apparently they have wrapped. I'm gonna go with. Did you slight flashback in between the uh, photo r- memories? Just as a guess. Mm. Good news Maybe. is Joaquin Phoenix can have his first carb in six months. <laughs> Speaking of rap, according to the rap, uh, mm. uh, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, no. No. That's horrible. As you were. According to the rap, <laughs> uh, writer Gareth Dunnett Alcosser, I'll say. Sure. I don't know if that's how you say that. But he's working on the script for uh, a Blue Beetle movie. Do tell. Mm-hmm. 
so Zev Foreman is going to serve as an executive producer. Uh, now, uh, Dunnett Alcosser also wrote uh, the reboot of Scarface recently. I didn't see that. And it's going to be uh, Jaime Reyes. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I just... Every time you bring up Blue Beetle, like, that's fine. Like, the Blue Beetle... Uh, the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle is actually way more interesting in certain, like, cinematic ways than Ted Gore. Mm-hmm. But every time you bring up Blue Beetle, I keep thinking, like, yeah, all right, the Arrowverse? No? Okay, you didn't say that. Yeah, which that might be the best, you know, like, I love Ted Cord. Ted Cord is my favorite Blue Beetle. Uh, I, you know, Dan Garrett's fine. Jaime Reyes is fine. Um, I think Jaime Reyes is actually my favorite. Like, I wouldn't at all balk at a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle movie, but good lord. Mm-hmm. So much teasing. Yeah, I, I mean, but this might be a way to, to do both. You know, you have Jaime Reyes in the movies. Which is, you know, his his Blue Beetle is way more cinematic. It is. Uh, it really is. And, and just say you you bring Ted Cord into the Arrowverse. Yeah. Proper. Imagine what he could do in Legends right now. Just him and Ray yeah. Palmer geeking out. Yeah. As God intended. Do Ted Cord? Do Blue Be- Blue Beetle? You know. Uh, do uh, do Booster Gold? Yeah. Tie him in with Rip Hunter. Bring back uh, Arthur Darville one one last time. We know. We know. Booster Gold is Rip Hunter's father, is he not? I believe so. So anyway, I'm down. Let's do it. Blue Beetle. Whatever version. All right, so it. unanimous DC on-screen decision. We literally do not care how this goes down. <laughs> Any and Pretty all much. takers, come what may. Pretty much. Okay. Like, there was a, uh, you know, there was there was a hubbub about, you know, of course, the the diversity issue had to had to become a thing where people are complaining. Of course, they're going to use the the Latino Blue Beetle because uh, you know liberals in Hollywood. Well, I, I hate to break it to you folks who think that, but the Latino community really does watch a lot of movies, and it's, that's part of Suicide Squad's uh, success. Is El Diablo? It, it just was. The numbers make that out. It's not like there were like. Four Salvadorians sitting in a corner watching these movies. Yeah, I mean it's a huge, it is huge and segment I, of I, our population. I, I hate, yeah, I hate to inform people, but you know that's like a whole portion of the damn globe, right? And it's okay. We'll, it's, we'll be all right. <laughs> well, there's like, nothing wrong with <sighs> like, like they've got their own continent and then some. Yeah, I would even be okay, be okay. if they did a comb- a combination. Hell, dude, make Ted Cord. A Latino guy. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh. I'm not sure if making Ted Cord Latino or or making uh, Jaime Reyes, like, the new version of the Blue Beetle, which you would apparently mm-hmm. have to name uh, Jamie Reese, I guess, a white yeah. dude. And We don't have to switch them. I'm not sure which one will piss more people off. And I would actually be okay with bur- both versions of those being uh, pissed off. Like, there's... Perfectly good version. Just do it. Honestly, like if I if I saw a Blue Beetle movie, what I would want is, and this is my like high level, you get everything you want version, was where you get Ted Cord or Dan Garrett in some capacity passing it on to Ted Cord. Ted Cord in some capacity after a series of adventures passing it on to Jaime Reyes, and Booster Gold is lodged in there somewhere, and many hijinks are had. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you know, basically, if, if I want just... the the Brave and the Bold episodes followed immediately by uh, Young Justice. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Which you know, actually, no, actually, I just want Brave and the Bold because they started out, they introduced it with Jaime Reyes, yeah, and then we got to see his little backstory where he's like Fantastic. the original guy, Ted Cord, and then like Tear Blue Beetles backstory. Around. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yep. Booster shows up. I need your help. But the high areas they have in uh, Raven the Bold to me is uh, it, it works with the Young Justice version going on now. So I, yeah, mm-hmm. let's rock and roll that shit. Anyway, I think we are of one mind here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, some asshole wrote a think piece on Deadline. Yes, perfect. That's always a thing. <laughs> what they do now? Well, they're talking about. Uh, 
all of the female-led superhero and genre films coming out. And hey, fine, great even. I'm good with that. Uh, I just want to see well-written, cool-as-hell movies. I'm fine with women being at the forefront of those. That's not my issue. The the alternative is always like, did you want to just watch one story for the rest of your life? Right. Um, I'm I'm perfectly happy. I'm glad women are, are, are getting a big spotlight finally. Um, there are lots of female characters out there who I love. When I was a kid, I was always bummed that we couldn't have movies on them because girls don't like comics, girls don't buy action figures. Well, we know that's all bullshit now. Mm. It was bullshit then. Uh, studios have finally realized that. Hell, it was the problem here is not the women. Canceled Young Justice. We, we're, we're learning. There's a lot of changes. The problem here is that the this guy who wrote this piece is using that, uh, and he said that, <laughs> all right, it's now being reported that this is fact. And here's what actually happened. He said, DC's most famous female hero, Wonder Woman, blah, 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 blah. He's talking about that movie. Then he goes, the movie's release has been pushed back to June 5th. And then he says, there's also been talks of films or for uh, of films for Supergirl, Zatanna, which that's a big headline. I hadn't heard about Zatanna before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Batgirl. While male hero movies like the long-promised Flash solo film or a new Superman installment have seemingly lost momentum. When he says seemingly, guys, that means he don't know. That means he has no idea. To him, it seems like they might have lost momentum. Instead, we're getting headlines from this deadline piece saying that at Warner Brothers, Flash and Man of Steel 2 have lost momentum. Well, I, I will agree with Man of Steel 2, but we just heard Ezra Miller talking about how they're making the movie. Yeah. They're they're making The Flash. Like, don't try to, like... I, I'm annoyed with this guy, but that he's trying to, like, use his, like, big, like, I love women flag to, like, shit on DC some more. Still. Ah. <laughs> Except make it about, like, well, male heroes are on the decline. Uh, okay. So you're just trying to piss off the DCEU fandom by saying that the movies they other movies they want aren't happening. But I'm mostly pissed off by the fact that everyone else is picking it up and saying, yep, it's been reported now. Officially, this is dead in the water because women. Because women. Fantastic. All of this pisses me off. <laughs> like, well, the genre is now women. We can't have, we can't have Superman. I don't know. And whatever. I mean, first of all, all the variations of those sentence with because women you probably forgot some shit <laughs> yeah. uh, you know it's, it just seems to be the the i haven't actually seen that line specifically but i've seen headlines all over the place like oh this official it's official they're making zatanna and man of steel and the flash aren't happening yeah no that's not official this is one asshole who is conjecting all over the place i like how you phrased that Seems to sum it up pretty well. And I feel like is this is I've already seen people upset and complaining that the women superhero movies are are like we don't want Zatanna, we want Superman. Like why would you make Zatanna and Batgirl? We want Superman. Well, I would love a Zatanna and Batgirl movie. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I don't really want a Supergirl movie too much, but we have a show. I, I don't need a Supergirl movie necessarily. I'll watch the hell out of it. Dude, I just read uh over the last month and a half, I've read three comics where, like, the main two people in them were Zatanna, and it was basically Zatanna telling Constantine to get the fuck over himself and help out. <laughs> and they were fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. And they were basically fighting, like, a Wonder Woman who had been infused with the the Greek or Roman, I can't remember, I think Greek god of uh, magic, Hecate, 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 whatever you want to say. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it was one of those deep, like, we're going to change how magic works kind of issues for DC Comics. And, mm-hmm. yeah, d- d- like, they were the catalyst or, uh, up front, and it was fantastic, man. Yeah. So, look, man, I, I you know, I don't know if this guy's actually is actually an asshole. I don't know if he didn't realize what he was doing when he wrote this. I usually don't but... know anything about what's happening on in, in the movies right now. There's no way he knows what's happening at, no. at, at the studios at the moment. No one's talking about uh, a Zatanna it, film. That's not a thing we're going to be dealt with. It, we're dealing well, with for all we soon. know, it for all we know is in development, like so many other things are. In at development, Warner in Brothers, the sense but... that like someone was emailed, "Hey, can you write a treatment? Here's 
$10,000, which is basically like, I'm going to piss on a check and hand it to you. Yeah, but importantly, I don't like how he frames it as women are taking over superhero films and male hero movies are going away. No, it's... Um, it, and while he wrote it honestly, where he says seemingly, because it's clear that he doesn't really know, yeah. uh, I'm pissed off that everyone is like taking this as like gospel truth and, and screaming it from the hilltops. So if you if you are a listener and you see a headline or a, you're in a Facebook group, because that shit happens all the time, we're like, it's official, guys. No, tell that person they're full of shit and direct them to this terrible deadline article. Yeah. <laughs> I would say direct them uh, to us, but I don't want to deal with that. Just direct them to the nearest version yeah. of truth. <laughs> you can direct them to us if you I want. Mean, I'll I take mean, a new I, listener. I will. I will. But I'll take a new listener. We'll have them for about three minutes before they're like, "Oh, I don't like them." They made me feel bad about know, myself for not reading. Talk some sense into them and, and <laughs> gain some people. Yeah, maybe. Fingers crossed. That's always the hope. Seekers of truth. Seekers of you truth. Always, you always want to encourage get others. Talk, talk to new people. It's, it's you know, sure. We'll try. Yeah. Maybe. Unless there's we'll a shortcut it. where you just direct them to a truthful <laughs> article and we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> but if they're not the kind of person who will respond to truthful articles, I guess we'll give it a shot. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the prognosis is poor. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for our uh, our movie news. If you're following us to uh, to the TV news, yay! I love you. If you're not, dcunscreen.com. That's all I gotta say. You can find everything from there. TV, TV. This new Elseworlds trailer, man. Yeah, yeah. That's nineties, nineties Flash, John Wesley Ship. Refer. He says a crisis is coming. To the <laughs> philosopher <laughs> that I referred to earlier, uh, dope as hell. Dope as hell. I think that's what he said. I don't know. Something about dope. But yeah. Right. It's solid. Uh, it looks like we've got a, a version of Metallo here. I'm guessing that's what that is. It's a giant robot with green eyes and a green green glowing out of his mouth. Sure. That, he's got like a skull face. It looks like Metallo to me. Yeah. Uh, it, we've got this dark suit Superman, the black and silver. Uh, he's got the cape. I've seen it online. I, you know. <sighs> He looks it might, be, it might be the Superman it. Prime, Superboy Prime, whatever. Okay. We I really when I see like Superman in that good. costume, I always want it to be after death, but mm-hmm. that's not out of the cape after either. death. Yeah. It does look like he's a bad guy in this one though, but maybe not. They give him like a little grimace for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some some of the publicity has led up to thinking like, oh, he's the bad guy, blah blah blah. I I, I don't know. Yeah, we got we got Superman. We got what looks like Superman Prime. We got freaking Lois Lane. When we've got Supergirl and Batwoman and and nineties Flash. Yeah, nineties Flash. Weird. Oh, oh man, it just uh, we got switched. We got switched Green Arrow and 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 Barry. Oh, yeah. Okay. It looks good. Yeah. It looks it's it looks dope. Um, man, and apparently, like, look at this. Stephen Amell said, uh. About the Elseworlds episodes, the crossover, he says it is not a Smallville reunion. Although I think it becomes pretty clear in the promos for the crossover, there are Smallville elements like the Kent Farm, at least in terms of location. And if you're a fan of Smallville, and I have no idea if they're going to keep this in the final cut, but there's a treat in there that I swear. Full disclosure: I've never seen an episode of Smallville before. I'm sorry. I wasn't that into comic book TV shows when I grew up. I've since seen a couple for very obvious reasons. But as someone who wasn't a diehard fan of Smallville, this moment made me jump out of my seat. If you're a fan of Smallville, you may want to put down rubber sheets or something, because quite frankly, you might piss your pants. See, that is so weird. So weird for a lot of reasons. <laughs> like, like, how... That show went on for a decade. And it's not... Apparently, it's not going to be a subtle hint... It's not going to be something that he, like, read when he was 13 years old in a, in a comic book. It's mm-hmm. just going to be something that's so obvious that we're going to piss ourselves. Maybe. Now, look, I don't... Uh, spoilers for the, the latest episode of Supergirl. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about something real quick. Yeah. Not related to the actual episode, but they did a stinger. Almost a tradition um, for Supergirl. We cut to a 
as far as we know, a never-before-seen world, but it's Earth-90, so I'm assuming it is the actual world that the Flash from the 90s was on. That is what the Earth camera 90. pulling up would have us believe. And it says Earth-90, and it's just destroyed. It's like there's wreckage, flames. Uh, it looks bad. There are dead heroes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, everywhere. We get that we see a star girl. Yeah. We see the ray. We see a huntress. Just the Ray's helmet. Uh, we, see, we see the Ray's helmet. We see somebody that people, some people have said was Brainiac Five, or a version of him. Mm. Uh, it is like we we see a few different like Hawk helmets. Yeah, I saw a few. We Hawks. see a Hawk Man. Yeah. Um, and importantly, we see a, a dead Green Arrow who looks very much like the Smallville Green Arrow. It does. He's wearing. Look he's like that. He's that Green Arrow. He's wearing Justin Hartley's costume. Yeah. Uh, we also see a guy, we, we see Citizen Cold, we see, uh, yeah. or a version of Captain Cold. We actually see two versions of Captain Cold. We see one that looks like our Leonard Snart from the CW, and then we see one that looks like the 90s, fl- the 90s Flash Leonard Snart. Yeah. Um, I, I don't need, like, and the one hero left is 90s Flash, who, who f- crawls up to the monitor and stands and faces him. And before the monitor can actually, you know, take him down, he runs off towards the camera and we go to black. Yeah. I've Holy never wanted shit. to see the end of the 90s Flash series more than I've wanted to at this point. Right? That is absurd. <sighs> I mean, we're reading into some of the costume changes at, at times. Mm-hmm. But dear good God. <laughs> I don't care I'm how so- you read into it. That is a lot of stuff going on. I am so down for this, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, so it leads down. into the series pretty hard. All right. Uh, we got just a little bit more here. Uh, this is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Salim McKill, the showrunner for uh, CW's Black Lightning, is being sued for domestic violence and copyright infringement. Uh, apparently an actor named Amber Dixon Brenner filed some lawsuits against him and uh, his production company. And uh, Own, claiming that Ideas she pitched to a kill ended up being used for uh, the own series Love is Blank. Um, she says that they were uh, they were having a years-long romantic affair. Uh, he's been married since uh, 1999, I guess. Yeah. And um, she said that their, their affair ended last year and mm-hmm. that it wasn't all consensual. And there was some uh, domestic violence apparently involved, according to her. Good God! Um, he says she hit, or he hit her, photographed a sexual encounter without his, her permission. You know, uh, he's denied the allegations through his lawyer, and Warner Brothers TV has opened an investigation um, just to see if there has been any, uh, I don't know, inappropriate behavior, uh, uh, behavior on the set of Black Lightning. Um, we don't know how this is going to go. It does not sound like it's going to go well for him. Yeah, I mean, well, we've 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 seen instances. There was a there was an actor on iZombie. I can't remember his name. He he had allegations uh, related to a film or a TV show he'd done before, and uh, WB opened up an investigation and found no wrongdoing on the set of iZombie, so they yeah. let him stay. Yeah. But then you other also have stuff like Andrew yeah, Kreisberg, and he get his yeah. ass kicked off. But he was being creepy as hell on the show. So um, I don't so know. Will, I don't know. We will see where this one lies. But don't be surprised if Akil gets uh, Akiled. Yeah, does not sound fantastic for him right now. We will see um, where this uh, this goes in the future. And over on Titans, turns out there was like a there was this incident um, earlier this year. We're just hearing about it now, though. Um, they had to roll in this like tank of fake blood mm. and it wasn't parked properly. It's like someone didn't do their job. Damn thing came dislodged, rolled across the set, crashed, spilled blood everywhere or fake blood. I should say, um, people were injured. Some of the crew members, some of the extras, you know, uh, a lot of screaming people and actual blood. I assume <laughs> from, from the incident. Yeah. Uh, Producer and director Akiva Goldsman was in charge at the time, said, We're truly sorry about the injuries. We like to think safety is a priority on set, and obviously we need to do better. On the bright side, we did have the cameras rolling at the time, and we recorded some fantastic screams and blood spatter that we can use later. 
So that's way to find a silver lining guy. That, yeah, well, that is something. I mean, uh, like if the cast was facing it at the time and they just got hit, yeah, you can use that probably somewhere. Yeah. I do think it's crazy that they, they, the, the show is so bloody they actually have to have a tank, though. <laughs> it, is, it is a lot, but you don't know like which take you're going to use, so you're going to do this several times. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you, like you can't just have like a little uh, squirt gun, you know? Yeah, well, no, this isn't not. like a nerf situation. If you try hard enough, every situation could be a nerf situation. <laughs> you can. But you have to have several backup nerf guns. Right. Easier to have a tank in some situations. Right. Uh, moving on to Stargirl. DC, on DC, um, I can't speak. Stargirl don't, on DC Universe. They don't have you try. Don't you try, Bobby Dobby. <laughs> Help me, Tom Cruise. Save me with your witchcraft. Yeah. Uh, so, according to Deadline, Yvette Monreal and Christopher James Baker have been cast as series regulars in the upcoming Stargirl series. I don't know who those people are. Their nope. roles are a mystery, but they have been described as undisclosed DC characters. So, Good for I'm, I'm just I'm just happy that they're they're going to be DC characters that aren't whole cloth. That's all I can hope for. Um, and that's <laughs> it. That's all the news. They're not whole cloth. We're down. Yeah. Uh, that's it. We're done. By the way, that Titans tank of blood thing—that wasn't real. Not that a was thing. one of our one of our not joke a thing. One of our joke uh, stories. It's sorry. Obviously possible that they would have a tank of blood on hand while filming Titans. If you've watched any episodes, yeah. Let us know if we tricked you, so we can apologize. I feel bad about myself, Jason. You'll be okay. I will be okay. You will survive. Because Elseworlds, Elseworlds is coming, and Aquaman is coming. Yep. And when that happens, I'll be coming. Again, I'm super so. excited. See, don't say that. I have to sit next to you in the theater. Like, you've already <laughs> bought us tickets. <laughs> I mean, if it's elsewhere, that's one thing. Like, you're a little while away. and I don't have to deal with that just that moment. But You won't right know. Next, you know. Right next you to you in the theater, I, I just kind of... I don't, it looks like know, a warning, man. so I could kind of lean. You didn't know during BBS. That's fine. Like if I could just lean the <laughs> the one and three quarter inches that the average movie seat allows me to lean, uh-huh. at least I have that. Right. <laughs> Maybe cross my legs in a way that one of my legs is going to be asleep in ten minutes, and and then I'll have to cross them again later the other way. But but then at that point I could be rest assured that you'd be done. Right. I mean, we can have the buffer seat, you know. Right. If you want. Oh, you can't. We can do that. Not on this viewing. No, too many people care. We have to have a plan, <laughs> or you have to control yourself. That's all we have. You gotta have that buffer CBM ejaculate seat. Yeah, yeah. we don't. We don't have that luxury. I understand. Uh, it'll control be control yourself, Dave. Control yourself. It'll be fine. I'll wear layers. Layers are good. <laughs> and uh, gonna, uh, your your poker face. Gonna need you to have your poker face on. Poker face. Yeah. Not even sure what that means. I I just at at some point if I look over to my left or right whatever it is um I I don't need to think to myself well <laughs> he's enjoying himself too much. Oh yeah, I was worried you meant that during the movie I'm gonna have to be listening to Lady Gaga. No. Okay. Pre-game. I have it. poker it's face good. on. It's it's a good inspirational message to go into a situation like we are talking about. I'm gonna end the show now. This is feeling weird. Yeah. Don't don't. If we could have like a Muppet moment, don't don't come on your fellow movie veterans. Just movie veterans. If you're beside somebody in a movie and you're enjoying yourself, keep that to yourself. <laughs> we are DC on screen. Don't expel anything on those persons. That's all we're asking. It's a small ask. I was I was never condoning uh, expulsion of any kind uh, on a person. Ah. You were right to call it before. We are DC on screen. That's a spirit. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. I'm so sorry. We apologize for the last few minutes. But not enough to edit them out. Nope, it's happening. <laughs> uh, it seems like we'll be back with the uh, Elseworlds review next. So, probably. I don't know. What, what's that date? Uh, yeah, looks like. Yeah, That's it's what we're going to shoot for. Assuming everything goes great right if there are any baby troubles that ain't happening mm-hmm 
Alright. Until next time, guys. Keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more.